Welcome to the sermon podcast for Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Central South Carolina. We thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the Word of God, and we pray that God will both bless you and speak to you as you listen and apply His Word to your life. Open your Bibles again to Mark chapter 14. I'm going to read this passage again in just a moment. As we read this passage again, before we do, uh, most of you are familiar, and for those of you that are here, so glad to have some guests here with us this morning and in the back, but uh, a little tradition that we've started doing here at Pleasant Hill, if you've got your word of God, hold it up over your head, and if you don't, that's okay, but uh, hold it up over your head and just say along with me, this is the word of God. I will read it, I will believe it, I will obey it by the grace of God. It certainly is the word of God, and we find as we've been going now for the last, I, I haven't looked back to see how long we've been in Mark. It's been nearly two years that we've been in the book of Mark going verse by verse through this. And again, I want to remind you that we are skipping, we, we just finished, and we did this a couple weeks ago as well, where we broke up the verses to kind of get the topic, where sometimes the topic or the conversation is interrupted, and here we see We've just finished last week the instituting of the new supper, what we call the Lord's Supper. Jesus celebrated the last Passover, and we talked about that, and that was the same place, of course, that he had also told them that he was going to be betrayed, and Judas goes out to go to the religious leaders, and to get he gets paid 30 pieces of silver. That's taking place while they are celebrating the last Passover, and then they are going out to the Mount of Olives. And on the way there, there's a conversation that takes place about Jesus saying, you're going to deny me. We're going to come back to that later. But pick up in verse 32 again, and we'll read this passage once again together. But this is now after they've had that conversation, they come into the Garden of Gethsemane, which would have sat within eyes view of the temple, really. Uh, it sat below that temple. The, the pinnacle of the temple could have looked down upon this Garden of Gethsemane, uh, and it was a uh, it meant olive press is what it meant. And certainly Jesus was pressed upon in his anguish. He was pressed out, if you will, as he is preparing to go to the cross and pay the price for our sin. And so they go in again in verse 32, and they came to the place which was called Gethsemane, and he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. Now, understand, first of all, he's saying, Sit here and pray. Not just sit here and wait, sit here and pray. In fact, we're going to see a little bit later, he tells Peter, James, and John, I'm going to go on a little bit farther, but you wait here and pray. But anyway, Verse 33, he taketh with him Peter and James and John and began to be very uh, to be sore amazed 
and to be very heavy. And he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. Now again, the word watch there, again, the idea of pray is the idea. They're not just watching for someone to come, but praying. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy, neither wist they what to answer him. In other words, they didn't know what to answer him. And he cameth the third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now, take your rest, it is enough, the hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. And immediately following that is when Judas comes and Jesus is arrested and the trials take place, mock trials take place, and then he is ultimately crucified. But let's focus now on this passage, and I want to bring this message, the truth or some truths or pointed truths about prayer. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us as we take an honest look at our prayer lives, that we take an honest look at our prayers, our heart of prayer, our willingness to pray, our desire to pray, our dependence on you when we pray. Help us to be the prayer warriors that we ought to be, that we can be. God, if we know you, if we've been saved by you, we have your spirit, and therefore we have you to intercede for us. And Father, we pray, and you are our go-between, between us and the Father, and we certainly can call out in your name, and we know that, God, you hear us. And Father, we pray that you would just help us to be encouraged in our prayer lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not looking for you to answer me out loud, but just in your heart, in your mind, how often do you pray? How often do we pray? How hard do you pray? In other words, when we pray, do we just pray a simple little prayer and that's it? Or do we really get down as Jesus did, falling down and dealing with God? No, number three thing I want to ask you is, how many people know that you pray? You say, well, that's an odd question. Well, I think we, we'll, we'll come to that. But how many people have seen you pray? You say, well, isn't prayer supposed to be private and per?" Hang on. When do you pray most? Or when are you most likely to pray? As we talked about this morning in the Sunday school lesson, Jairus, when he was in a desperate situation, came to Jesus despite the fact that he could lose everything, he came to Jesus for help. We need to be constantly in a desperate situation. But we'll come back to that. When do you pray most? When do you pray least? You know, I think most people tend to pray most when they're in trouble, when they are desperate. But there are some people that they refuse to pray because, well, God didn't help me before in their mind. God didn't do what I wanted them, what him to do before. He won't do it again, so therefore I'm not going to him. But how often do we pray? How hard do we pray? 
You know, the two greatest commands in the Bible, we're told, truth. Two greatest commands is love the Lord your God with all that you have. I'm just going to put it in a nutshell. Everything you've got, love God. And then number two is love others as you would love yourself. So love God with all you've got and love others as you would love yourself. The two most important ingredients to following those commandments, in other words, some of the most important facts to allow us to love God with all we've got and to love others the very best that we can, because you're going to love yourself the best you can, is reading the Bible and spending time in prayer. If you're not reading the Bible, if you're not spending time in prayer, you're going to have an awfully hard time loving God with all you've got. In fact, I would say impossible. And have an awful hard time, in fact, I would say impossible, loving others as God would have you to love them, as you love yourself. Here we find Jesus, shortly before his betrayal, shortly before his arrest, shortly before his death, and what is he doing? He's praying. He's praying. In fact, if I'm reading this literally, and I take it literally, when he says, can you not pray even an hour, it probably was close to three hours that he's praying. It's at least an hour because he says, could you not even pray an hour? And he goes back and prays longer, comes back, and then goes back and prays a third time. So, it was a long time that he was praying. But I want you to see very quickly tonight, or this morning rather, these truths or pointed truths. And some of them you may say, look at me and say, well, duh. That makes sense. There's nothing particularly amazing about the points I'm going to make. I just want to remind you, because I think we so often forget and don't follow through. But I want you to understand, number one, the first truth about prayer, it is extremely important that we pray. It's not something that we're just encouraged to do. It's not something that we're just asked to do. As Christians, it is something that is a vital part of our core ability to be Christians and our responsibility as Christians and our privilege as Christians is that we can go to the God of the universe, into the very courtroom, the very throne room of God, and make our requests known. And so, therefore, it is extremely important. Did you know that the Bible mentions the word or the idea of praying 375 times, at least 375 times prayer is talked about in the Bible. I'm talking about the, the word pray, prayer, prayed, those words. Now, there's other times where it doesn't mention those words, but the concept of going to God and having a conversation of praying uh, of going to him and, and, and laying out your heart before the Lord, that is prayer, is, is also there. But 375 times it talks about praying. 375 times. Now, I've heard people say that the word don't be afraid is 365 times, one for each day. It's actually there more than that. But I understand people try to like to fit things in together. I didn't make it, I didn't try to, Twist it to say 365 times we're told to pray. It's 375. But the point is we're to pray a lot. It's important. 
I want you to see the second thought about prayer is this. The truth about prayer is your prayer is to be personal. And so now while I've talked about 365 times that we're told to pray, I want you to see where Jesus prayed, and it was personal to Jesus. And if prayer is personal to Jesus, then prayer ought to be personal. If, if, if it was important and personal to Jesus, it ought to be important and personal to you and to me. We ought to pray. It ought to be important that we pray. We ought to personally pray. Not just pray when your mom or dad prays. Not just pray when somebody else is praying. You know, I, I often, I, I hope we understand this. When, when I was a kid, we've got some young people in here. I used to think, when someone else was praying, I just was quiet. That was what I was supposed to do. Just be quiet. No. When other people are praying, I'm to be praying as well. That doesn't mean I pray out loud at the same time. In my heart, in my head. I'm praying. I'm dealing with God. We're going to the Lord in prayer, and somebody may lead us in prayer, and they get up and they raise their voice so they can be heard, but we are to be praying while they're praying. It's personal. We should personally pray. When Again, I grew up in my house, and my parents, we'd prayed before every meal. In fact, I can't remember a time. There's times in my family that I admit I start eating. Again, God doesn't smack us and slap us and knock us down when we do this, but I don't pray before I eat. And the joke, I say joke, it kind of is a joke in my family. is I'll, Someone starts eating before you pray, I'll say, you're going to choke on that. And then sometimes my kids will say to me, you're going to choke on that if I start eating before I pray. But we ought to have regular times of prayer. There's nothing wrong with having a tradition of prayer. It's a good time to have set times when you pray. But we ought to pray. But when my parents are praying, I should have been praying along with them. A lot of times I was just sitting there counting the moments until I could start eating. But I should have been praying along with them. It's personal. Jesus personally prayed in his lifetime. Now, he lived 33 years. Um, we don't know every time that Jesus prayed, but when we read about Jesus praying in the Gospels, he, it is mentioned that he prayed 25 different times. 25 different times it's mentioned that he prayed. Not to mention all the times it's not mentioned he prayed. He prayed before meals. He prayed before miracles. He prayed while doing miracles. He prayed after miracles. He prayed while making before making decisions. He prayed sometimes just to get alone and pray. He prayed for others. He prayed for himself. He prayed in times of success and victory. He prayed in times of difficulty and distress. And if that's what Jesus did, and he is our supreme example, isn't that what we ought to be doing? There's no time that we shouldn't be going to the Lord in prayer. Prayer is to be personal. But also, number three, prayer, there's to, there also is to be private prayer. Now, I see private prayer. I see Jesus praying here, and that's why I say Jesus personally prayed in the garden. He also privately prayed in the garden. Now, we're going to come back to the fact that he invited others to pray with him. But for a moment, sometimes we only pray when we're in a group. Well, we're at church. We're going to pray. I'm with my family, so we're going to pray. Uh, 
or what you know, youth meeting, or 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 you know, I'm at a rally or something like that. We're going to pray. There's times that you ought to just get along with God and pray. Jesus went into the garden, and we'll come back to the fact that he invited the disciples with him. We'll come back to the fact that he decided that he invited. Peter, James, and John to go a little bit farther with him, but then he goes alone into the garden even farther and falls down and prays. There ought to be times in your life. Yes, we ought to pray in church. Yes, you ought. I think I believe you ought to pray when you before you eat. That's a great time to pray, giving thanks to God for what He's provided for you uh, before you go to bed. Whatever it might be, that's all fine. But there ought to be times that you just get alone in your prayer garden, as Jesus did, or your prayer closet as is talked about later in the New Testament, and just get alone by yourself and deal with God. That's what Jesus did. It was personal. It was important. It was private. Find a place where you can get along with God and pray. Now, i got to go quickly because i got, I got to finish this before we have our business meeting, but I want you to see number four, the truth about prayer is this, is prayer is also to be public. There are some people who think, well, my, my religion or, or my, my spiritual life or my prayer life, that's private and that's personal. Yes, it's to be personal. Yes, there ought to be times where it is private as far as private prayer, but it's not to be hidden. That's why I ask, how many people know that you pray? How many people see that you pray? Now, I'm not saying that we go around saying, hey, just so you know, I pray. And hey, watch me. I'm going to pray. That's not the reason we do it. But people ought to see you on your knees. Your children, your grandchildren ought to see you on your knees praying to God. Your friends ought to see you praying. It doesn't say how much farther Jesus went, whether he went past a few more trees and a few more bushes or went into some place where nobody could see him, or whether he just went, you guys stay here, and he walked over here and fell down just so he could be alone with God. They saw him. They heard him. They knew that he was praying. Our Christian life is not to be so private that nobody knows. Our prayer life is not to be so private that nobody knows. He told his disciples, I am going to pray. His his disciples saw him praying, but also he invited them to pray. His prayer is to be public. It's to be corporate is the word we often use as far as collectively. We as a church pray together. Uh, Many churches don't do this anymore at all. In in our Wednesday night, we do pray together. We don't spend the entire time praying. But many churches have forsaken the, the prayer night altogether. Where they come together to pray and bear one another's burdens in prayer. Jesus invited his disciples to pray with him. Look, hold your place in Mark there, but very quickly go over to Luke. Go, go to Luke chapter 22. I want you to make sure you see this. It's not just me saying this. It's the word of God that says this. I said that in Mark it says watch, but in Luke, same story, Luke 22. 
In fact, this gives us a little bit more information, but we look in verse 40. It says, and when he was at the place, he said unto Peter, pray that ye enter not into temptation. So the same place where he was saying, hey, you stay here and watch and pr- watch, he was also saying, hey, watch, pray. Why? So that you don't fall into temptation. But then he goes on and he says, it, it tells us this, verse 41, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, about as far as you could throw a rock. They still could see him. They still could hear him. But it was not just private. Yes, there ought to be private times of prayer. But yes, there ought to be times that we invite and encourage others and ask and beg others to pray for us. Come pray with me. Come pray for me. And if nobody is ever asking you to come pray for them, you may want to check up on your prayer life. I love it. One of my favorite things, and it doesn't happen nearly as often as I was like, so I'm not bragging, please. That's not what this is. But I love it when someone, again, a friend from back home where I grew up or somebody else that I know that doesn't live where I'm at and I don't talk to on a regular basis, but they will send me a text or a Facebook message or Instagram message and it would say, I've got a special prayer need. Will you please pray for this person or will you please pray for me? Not just a group blast on social media. Hey, y'all pray for me. That's fine too. Nothing wrong with that. But when somebody specifically turns to me and says, will you please pray with me? Will you please pray about this for me? The truth about prayer is it's not always easy. This is the next one. The truth about prayer is not always easy. Notice that Jesus is heavy. Jesus, back in Mark 14, it says that he is weary. I mean, he, he was sore amazed and to be heavy, even to the point of death. Exceeding sorrowful, verse 34, even to the point of death. And he goes and he prays. There's, it's not always easy to pray. Not only is there distractions that keep us from praying, not only is there time that sometimes tries to keep us from praying, the devil will do whatever he can do to keep you from praying but praying is hard it says in another gospel that Jesus as he was praying sweat great drops as if it were blood does that mean he sweat blood I don't know I just mean that he was praying really hard I mean, we pray for someone to get a car or someone to you know get a job or whatever it might be Jesus was praying about it was revolving around his death Pray hard. Sometimes we get afraid of, well, the Bible tells us not to just say repetitive phrases. Jesus went back and prayed the same thing. Notice when he comes, he says he prayed. He said, Abba. Actually, go to verse 35. That if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. What hour? The hour of his persecution and death and his separation from the presence of God. That, listen. It was a hard prayer, but he prays that, and he says, All things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not that I will, but what thou wilt. And then it looked down in verse 39, and he went away again and prayed and spake the same words. Don't get the idea. The idea, when Jesus, so Jesus says, Don't pray like the publicans or the Pharisees do, where they just say fancy words and just repeat fancy phrases 
That was just for show. He says, but when you're praying, you can still repeat the same thing over and over and over again because it's urgent to you. It matters to you. It's important to you. And so therefore, Jesus was repeating the same words over and over again. Now, side note very quickly, he wasn't asking God for him not to have to pay the price. We all ought to understand that and know that. What Jesus was saying was, if there be any way other than having to be separated from you and you forsaking me, let's do that. That was in his humanity. Perhaps even in his humanity, he was saying, if I don't have to suffer the beating and the crucifixion, if there's some other way. But he knew there wasn't. And the most important thing he prayed was, your will, Father, be done, not mine. And that leads me to my last point. But before I get there, I just want to say this. You say, well, who's to pray? Everybody's to pray. Everybody's to pray. You say, unbelievers are to pray? Unbelievers, again, if there's sin, God doesn't hear them, except for if they're seeking God and say, God, save me. God, I need help. God, listen, yes, I encourage everybody to pray. Call on God. What is prayer? Talking to God. Notice that as Jesus is talking to God, he uses the words, the same words that we can. He's praying to God as his dear daddy, Abba, Father. It's for anybody because anybody can come to a loving God and call on him. But also it's for anybody because we see Jesus is praying. He invites the disciples to pray. And by the way, whether you feel like an outsider because there were some disciples that were left at the entrance of the garden, and there were some disciples that were taken a little bit farther into the garden, or you feel like an insider. You feel, you feel like, well, I may not be as special. Am I special enough for God? Pray. You say, well, I do feel special. Pray, because he still left them and went a little farther. But whoever you are, whatever you're going through, pray. Pray. Now, let me give you the last truth about prayer prayers are not always answered now you say this is obvious prayers are not always answered according to your plan your desire your will you say well the bible says seek and ye shall find and knock and it shall be opened and whatsoever you ask in my name i will give it yes but that means asking in the authority of jesus according to the will of jesus or the will of God, and so therefore, when we're asking according to God's will, he will grant it. But I say that not every prayer is going to be answered how you want, because even Jesus' prayers were not answered how he wanted. You say, well, that's an awful bold statement. He said, if it's possible, take away this cup. Let it pass from me. Now, again, wasn't asking not to have to pay the price for sin. That's not what he was asking. So please don't misunderstand. I think primarily what he was saying is the cup was the idea of being separated from God because when the sins of the world were laid on him, God had to turn his back. And for the first time ever, the only time ever, the father and the son were separated, no longer unified, if you will, or Jesus was forsaken for a period of time. And that was the cup. 
But he says, not my will, but thine will. And he had to face the cup. He still had the cup of God's wrath poured out. That was the thing, is he knew that God's wrath was going to be poured out on sin. And he was going to take the brunt of God's wrath that was meant for you and me. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, we don't have to take that brunt. And we can have everlasting life. And we can have our sins forgiven. And we can be adopted into the family. And we can live with him forever and forever and forever. It was meant for us because sin was attached to us, but he paid the price so that all we have to do is believe and say, God, forgive me, and it's done. But Jesus' prayer wasn't answered as Jesus asked it. Now, he said, not my will, but thy will. But he said, if it be your will, take away this cup. And here's the thing. There's times that we pray things, and it's not God's will. It's not God's timing. It's not God's way. And it doesn't go our way. But the thing to remember is this, is God's way is always a better way. Because by him paying the price, by him having the wrath poured out on him, by him taking the stripes and the sin of the world on him, we are healed. And so God said, not going to do it that way. I have to do it that way. That's the way it's going to be done. But because of that, something amazing and fantastic and miraculous took place. The sin of all who would believe was forgiven. The debt that could not be paid was met. Oh, we ought to pray hard. We ought to pray personally. We ought to pray publicly. We ought to pray over everything. We ought to invite people to pray. We ought to pray hard and in hard things and for hard things, believing that God can do anything because he can. But we have to accept that God's will is not always our will. No, Listen, there's never been a person more spiritual than Jesus. But God didn't answer it Jesus' way. And we're never going to be as spiritual as Jesus. And there'll be times that God doesn't answer it our way. But oh, my friend, God will answer our prayers, and it will be the best way. Oh, I hope that you see from the garden some truths about prayer that sometimes we don't like to talk about. But I pray that in seeing those truths, you will become a person of prayer. If you're not already, and if you are, that you will continue and grow in your prayer life. Because you can talk to your daddy, your father, and not just a daddy like any daddy, but a heavenly, perfect, loving, all-loving, all-caring, all-knowing daddy who can do anything and loves you enough to give you the very best but also loves you enough not to give you everything that you ask for. Oh, my friends, won't we put our faith not in the prayers, but in the one we pray to today. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us and that you would guide us in our prayer life, that you'd help us to ask for things that you'd have us to ask for, but God, that you would help us to also pray hard and to pray long and to pray often and to pray 
privately, but also to invite others to pray with us, that we would not let our pride get in the way, that we would not let distractions get in the way, but God, that we would come and fall down before you daily in our lives and simply ask your will to be done. That we would pray for others, that we would pray for ourselves, that we would pray that your will would just be done in everything on earth as it is in heaven. If there's anybody here today that does not know you as their Savior, has never put their faith in your son dying on the cross and paying the price so that they have the gift of eternal life waiting for them, that they would turn to him today, that they would turn to you today. Help us, I pray, to know your love, to know your power, to know the privilege we have in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message from the Word of God. At Pleasant Hill, we desire to be a help and a blessing to you. If you have any questions or prayer requests, or if we can be a help to you in your walk with God, we invite you to contact us here at Pleasant Hill by visiting our website at phbc.online. Thank you, and may God bless you. This way.